We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. Well, the lights are shining bright at Super Bowl 57 for the NFL Honors, which is now, of course, a massive television production and things like that. And, well, they got to hand out these awards and create their own awards show. And, well, that's what we saw last night out in uh, Arizona. 11.03, Hour 2, Aggression Fourier, here on Boston, New England Sports Original, WEEI. Some of the awards handed out last night, Foyer, um, pretty predictable. However, uh, I don't think anybody is surprised that the NFL turned it into a TV show. Again, they're the best. They're they're just like event planners is what they are. But this wasn't the way it was 20 years ago when you were getting ready for the Super Bowl. Like they would sort of, they would give the awards or announce them, but it wasn't the pomp and circumstance of filling an auditorium. I mean, no, but they also didn't like, you know, pimp out the, the draft. Like the next year, the draft this year is in Kansas City. They, they're, 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 who knows what they're going to do with the combine? I mean, they pimp out everything. Everything is drawn out. Everything is an event. So, do you remember no. how you found out when you played, like who won the MVP? Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I don't interesting. Know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, and I can't it's remember a regular season award. Why would you wait longer? You well, know? that's I, the thing. Like, I, 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 I am. I'm now been so programmed that oh, it's NFL honors and it's its own show and it's on NFL Network and oh, here's the two hour red carpet with yeah. a bunch of people you've never heard from and it's like wait a minute, it what? just it's I like hate the, an award show anyways. It's like. I, I would just feel well, so... Well, unless Will Smith is there, then there's a chance well, it might be interesting. Yeah, eventually they'll allow him back into the Oscars. Bust you upside your head. It's just like Kelly Clarkson is hosting the event. It just, I don't know. Like, I mean, Justin Timberlake. It's not like Justin Timberlake has hosted it. The Peyton, uh, Peyton Manning has hosted it. They've got some big-name people to host these events, which is amazing. Yep. But it's just it's like, dude, you're, you're giving out like, hey... um, it's like, uh, I mean, I guess it's no different than the Oscars. Hey, you were paid a lot of money to uh, catch footballs, and you were the best at it. We're going to give you an award. Defensive Player of the Year Award, MVP Award. I don't know. It it seems so forced, but whatever. Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, whatever. It's fine. It's just another stupid event. Well, I think the Defensive Rookie of the Year was pretty easy. That was Sauce Gardner. Yeah. It was, um, you know, it was probably between uh, Garrett Wilson and, and really the running back in Seattle for the offensive rookie of the year, but Garrett Wilson won that. You surprised Nick Bosa won defensive player of the year. 
or was that one pretty predictable? I know at one point Judon was in the running until well, maybe like the last month of the season or so. Yeah, Micah Parsons, uh, Hassan Reddick. Uh, I mean, there are some players. I mean, I guess, um, I mean, listen, uh, Chris Jones. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I'm fine with him getting it, dude. The guy was disruptive. He had 16 sacks. I mean, they, his team made it to the NFC Championship game. That's really what it was, is the team went on a yeah. run. And it oh, feels and like for some was, of these. And their defense was good. Like, yeah. They were the best defense in the league. He had a lot to do with it. Uh, the uh, Of course, you got to get the sponsored ones in there, too. Oh, their sponsors one. Uh, like yeah, what? The, the, the FedEx Air Ground oh. Players of the Year. Okay, so what is that? That's like I, that, quarterback you know to receiver, what? air to ground, Ken, ground to air. Ken Laird is down in his office right now trying to figure out how to come up with like the baseball version of oh, that for yeah. us to do in, in October when the Red Sox season it is, is amazing. over with. Yeah, they just have they just say, listen, uh, we have all this money in sponsorships. Can we create an award so that so the award can be named after the sponsor? Yeah. So the air player of the year. Joe Burrow, and on the ground, it is Josh Jacobs. Now, ah. a lot of those are also ah, tied in. Okay, yeah, there you God. go. Okay, best running back, best quarterback. Uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year was Dak Prescott. And again, that's an award that is rooted in philanthropy, and then the players on each team sort of nominate their Man of the Year, which is which is now in the crosshairs. I don't know if you heard about this. Oh, or please not. do tell. But Russell Wilson is is uh, like basically under attack right now. For the amount of, because he was the man of the year in 2020, and they somebody uh, USA Today did a deep dive into um like the last like six or five five or six man of the year award recipients, and then took a deep dive into their charities, and what they were finding out, not surprised, <gasps> I do was know. that that a portion like a very very small portion of the money that they raised actually went to the causes that they were raising them for. I think it was under 25%. Yeah, so they were paying their staff, they were paying uh, you know, health care, I mean, they were paying their employees. I mean, they just had so many expenses that at the end, you know, it was like, yeah, 25% uh, of uh, all the earnings that they that they got for these events, you know, were, uh, was going to the cause that they supported. That's right. So I listen. I Let's don't know. ride right you out know, of town with all you, that if, cash. If you have a if you have like a, a foundation that big, I guess you need a full time staff. And but it was all friends and family mm. that you know assisted. They were all like it was. It seems shady. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. I'm just saying that man of the year award is like get, taking on some heat. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. No real surprise. Fine, like yeah. that's really the. Hey, you really weren't an MVP candidate, but you're not a quarterback, so yep. let's give you this award. Yep. Uh, MVP, Pat Mahomes, easy money. Yeah, I know a lot of people are sitting there saying uh, Jalen Hurts should have done it. I think, out of what is there, uh, so he got 48 of the 50 votes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, who is it? Jalen Hurts got one, and uh, Josh Allen got one. Oh, so the Buffalo and Philly writers are covering their own asses yeah. and throwing yeah. them a vote. Exactly. And they, and they, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's about right. Coach of the year. Now that one was very debatable. Brian Dayball, coach of the year. Yeah, the uh, just looking at it. So you can, comp- I would you tell me what was a tougher job based on <laughs> based on how, what the team looked like when those guys walked in the door. So so think about it. So it's Doug Peterson at with Jacksonville with the whole debacle that was Urban Meyer. Then you have the New York Football Giants with Joe Judge and, and really it, almost somewhat comparable. But I would because both coaches, Judge and Urban, were 
fired in the middle of the year, but only one guy had no business being in the NFL, and that was Urban Meyer. So who do you think's job was harder? Doug Peterson. I kind of lean towards Doug Peterson just because it's Jacksonville. Well, and <laughs> listen, for as much as Joe Judge did not perform well as a head coach, he's been a longtime NFL assistant. He's been around the culture. He's been around the league. And just because he was unsuccessful as a head coach doesn't mean the guy was completely clueless. Urban Meyer was completely clueless at coaching Worth, at the NFL level. It's It just gave every college coach that wants to be an NFL head coach just a bad name. Absolutely. Because I would say Chip Kelly did an excellent job. The other guy that I remember, I mean, you look at his record, he won games. Um, but it just wasn't enough. Um, who was it? Steve Spurrier was a nightmare. He lasted longer than Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, so I actually felt like, and both teams won their first round, right? They won one playoff game, and they both got their butts kicked in the second round. Jacksonville yep. to um, And Jacksonville City. won a division as yeah. much as the division wasn't great. And well, they Dave actually, they you know, actually tough division. You can even say this, because uh, the Giants didn't even play their any of their players in that last game. The Jacksonville Jaguars played a basically a playing game against Tennessee. Correct. Because if they lose, that's so they basically they won really two won playoff two games. playoff games. Yeah, and then they got their butts kicked fine by Kansas City on the road. No big deal. So I think that one probably should have went to Doug Peterson. Yeah, I'm kind of with you because I think the hill to climb was much steeper than Brian Dayball. Yeah, and that's where again Dayball. He's an experienced assistant, been around, varied experience, really understood how to handle that situation, and he doesn't have his quarterback yet. Like, Doug Peterson made everybody remember yeah. that Trevor Lawrence was a number one overall yeah. pick, yeah. and you realize that guy isn't a bust. And then there's the comeback player of the year, which went to Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks. And you don't, don't like it. Okay, you tell me, and I think I there are some other people who have won this award, that have actually overcome unbelievable uh, circumstances. Like, they were really sick. They had a massive injury. They they blew out their knee. They got a, a massive concussions. They were told they would never walk again, let alone play again. Like, guys like Teddy Bruschi, who had a stroke, okay, and then fought his way back and literally came back. You can't give the Comeback Player of the Year award to a guy that never really suffered through anything other than he just didn't play well mm-hmm. or he had a bad coach or he had a bad set of circumstances. That to me is not a comeback player of the year. What do you, wait, what are you really coming back from criticism? Self doubt? Like that, that really isn't what that that award should be. Yeah. I don't have as big a problem with it as you do because yeah, it was a big gap in between years and starting and things like that. But what, what he never got hurt. But Gresh. when you but when you think of a of a comeback though, I don't necessarily think we have to be committed to the thought process that it has to be somebody coming back from injury. Let me ask you this. Calvin Ridley got suspended by the NFL for gambling. If he comes back next year and has a 1300-yard season with nine touchdowns. He was out of the league last year for whatever reason. He's making his comeback. And he's doing it with a different team. Okay, so is that so is a guy like that? He's with the injured guy. I would say that's a, a unique set of circumstances. He was okay. embarrassed. He was mocked. He was criticized. They kicked him out of the league, 
and he was out, right? He can't even play. So he's got to almost reestablish his uh, you know, reputation like, and like prove to people that he's good again. So that's a guy overcoming massive amounts of adversity. Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, none of them were hurt. Like, okay, so if that's the case, make it the most improved. Well, McCaffrey okay. was injured last year at times, right? And that was a part of the narrative on the guy heading into this year. And I, I think with Geno Smith, there is the I think it's a it's a he made a comeback choice. as a starter, you know? And here's the other thing too. You could look at it the other way and look at dudes like Geno Smith over the years who might have been able to win that award. But if you had someone like Alex Smith, Alex Smith didn't have to throw a pass. All he had to do Again, was hand a, off and get in the game. I mean, think about it. But Again. it was but but that's the thing though. It was automatic that a guy like that was gonna win it because everybody just focused on the injury and the unbelievable recovery. Oh, I mean, yes. And then the guy's leg yes. is mangled. There's no I question. Know, but I mean uh, Demar Hamlin. But they're part of right. Hamlin. Demar Hamlin, if, if he, he plays he, next year, yes. he's an automatic Teddy winner. Bruschi had a automatic stroke. winner. I mean, I But I, that's the thing, it's unfair to some of those other guys who've overcome some other things as like, well. What? Just because they well again, I'm Calvin Ridley would be a perfect example well, of kind of what he's I'm... In, he's in the he, guy that got hurt category. Right, me. but you know that he isn't. But if there is... But again, like we just mentioned it, if DeMar Hamlin, or DeMar Hamlin is on a football field in ambulatory, there is no way he ain't winning the comeback player of the year, even if... Even if a, even if a, a guy... Another guy could come back and win the MVP... They'd be like, well, you won the I MVP. But I mean, well, I used to want even like so so with this criteria, your quarterback, New England Patriots, your quarterback, oh, Mac Jones, oh. could actually earn most uh, you know, comeback player of the year award. Yep. Your quarterback who was mocked, ridiculed, and blah, 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 can literally win an award for just basically being coached better, not overcoming anything. That I mean, listen, it's a stupid, really thing. It's a it's a chew toy for me. Well, and see, it's that's just, the thing. It's, it's a stupid. It it in a way, it's kind of a stupid award to begin. No, with. but it actually no. It used to be a good award because you were rewarding, and and like using this guy in his example of like even when things are at its worst and you think you can't do it, look what this guy overcame. He's a shining example of what you can what you can overcome. Mm-hmm. Not just I was a I was on a bad team. I was patient. I ne- no, that's not that's not the way the award should go. That's just me. I don't like it. Mac Jones. We should fee- see what the odds are for him to be, you know, the uh, comeback, comeback player, player of the year, of the year next year. Award. He's going to win it. They'll go to the playoffs just like Geno Smith did. You know that whole line like, you know, ah, they wrote me off. Yeah, but I didn't ride back. First game of the season against the Denver Broncos. They wrote me off. I didn't ride back. That's true. You know what? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson probably couldn't end up winning comeback player of the year. He's another candidate. I got a new No injury, though, but. What a a disgrace. It's Mm. a disgrace. Maybe they need to to clarify it a little bit. Where's the BBWAA to vote on this? We'll have to get them in here to fix it. Uh, Fourier has informed me that the uh, duplicitous pond scum known as Mike Giardi of NFL Network will be with us next from Arizona. So get ready for that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. What a perfect song leading into the gentleman who's about to join us on the Harbor One Hotline. Because in the uh, in the off-air show, <laughs> Fourier just said to me, man, this song sucks. <laughs> perfect for welcoming in Mike Giardi of NFL Network on the Harbor One Hotline. Giardi, welcome to Gresham Fourier. Ah, screw both of you guys. <laughs> I just figured, you know. We'd bring something a little bit more, you know, with a little bit more energy, you know, and that Mike's been, you know, working his ass up uh, over there in Arizona, waking up early, you know, no. you know, just, you know, <laughs> just burning the candle at both ends, Mike. I mean, I, you're just a sport. I love hearing the misery in his voice already. <sighs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pain this week, a lot of physical pain, mental anguish. It's uh it's almost there. It's what do you mean? You're not time. like, I mean, are you not allowed to go out and party and have a good time and like, you know, cut loose a little bit? Well, so I, I've done the morning show three times this week. So that means it's a 4 a.m. wake up call. So well, that's um, why you get the big box. So you should show up after the club closes. You should just go straight from the club straight to the, to the show. Fourier, I'm not. I'm, Fourier, I'm not on your level like that, dude. You work for NFL Network. You can get into any of those oh, yeah. bougie NFL parties you yeah. want. Come look, on, look at my past. I, I, oh, I work yeah. for the NFL. I'm just little Mike Giardi yeah. from Boston. I can't get into these things. Meanwhile, you yeah. see him, you know, standing at the bar having his third martini. A, no, I'm not drinking martinis. B, do you think I really want to go to any of those parties? I mean, let's be real. You know what? That is true. Giardi does have a little bit of that antisocial lean like mm. I do. Oh, geez. But a lot of it is also they, they're working him to the bone. Like, yeah. that guy was what? In Buffalo and then in Cincinnati and then in Kansas City and then it's to Arizona. And they're not, you know, it's not flying private. And he's coming back to Boston every time, too. Good Lord, you probably have, like, a free vacation and uh, airline miles just from the playoffs, Giardi. I, I think I'm in a middle seat on the way home, by the way. So you just think, <laughs> consider that that idea of this week, the, the amount of hours that's gone into it, and then I'm going to be piling myself into a middle seat at, like, 9 in the morning. Uh, after going through security for three hours, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I love that. That'd I used to love great. the little. I love that you walking in. I got the aisle seat, and there's this little guy sitting in the middle seat. It's like perfect. <laughs> See, that's what I was going to say. Giardi doesn't have to worry about it, you know, unless he sees like uh, me and you walking down the aisle, and then he's the middle of a of a giant sandwich or something like that. <laughs> Otherwise, this is where being thin and spindly works yeah, for him. Yeah. It's the role he was born for. Our buddy Giardi. <laughs> uh, all right. So now that we've got all the insults out of the way. Uh, how has it been out there, Giardi? Because back east, as you can imagine, 
It's been a little tepid, at least in our parts. You've been through a lot of these kind of Super Bowl weeks. Is there anything that has stood out to you? I mean, I think both these teams are supremely confident, and I guess you not necessarily surprised by that, but just like the the level of relaxation and the confidence from both squads sort of as they head into this game is is pretty cool to see, and I think both of them believe that you know when you look at the 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 scope of the season, this is exactly where they were supposed to be, and here they are and I, I'm kind of excited for it because I think there's so many good matchups in this in this game you know the other thing about this like I just there's no scandals. Nobody got arrested. There's no, like, you know, regular season story that bled into the postseason. Is this the calmest it's been in the, for a Super Bowl in a while? I'm just thinking about storylines for this game. There's just – they are who they are. Yeah, it, it definitely feels that way. Although, you know, we still have uh, we still have 48 hours to go. So, you know, you don't, don't go cashing those checks just yet. Okay. Uh, we've, had, we've had some instances on the night before Super Bowls where people have done things and have disappeared. Um, so hopefully we don't have that. <laughs> what would that you say? Time. Is, there, is there a candidate on either team that would be like, that guy's going to find his way to Tijuana. Like, that guy's going to ask the wrong person if he can have a date. <laughs> I am not. I'm not taking the cheese on that down one. That road. Way okay. to go. You're trying to get this guy in trouble. <laughs> it's bad enough we insult him. We invite him on. He's sleepy as hell. We rip him, and then it's hey, throw some players under the bus. Who might go AWOL for crying out loud? Uh, I, what do you make of the narrative around Patrick Mahomes and the importance of this game long term, Giardi, to his legacy? Well, I mean, look, I think the, the the we sort of lived this in New England, right, where you're – because you have that quarterback, you're in the mix every single year. Um, but that the success that Brady and the Pats had in getting there and then winning over and over again has sort of raised the bar for everyone else. And now here's Mahomes where, you know, five straight years in, as a starter in the AFC Championship game, and this is the third Super Bowl in four years, but all of a sudden you lose this one. You're one and two. You haven't won one since that – that first season that you were the starter and well, can they not, you know, can they not push it over the top? And then you say, Oh, well, he's 27 now. Like all these dreams about catching Brady. Well, you know, first things first, how about maybe catching Montana, you know, like to get to Montana, then maybe we can start talking about Brady. So I think, yeah, there is, there is some great importance to this to, to, to get it done now. And then you, the, you start talking about the bigger picture and then some of those goals become a little bit more in focus, I think. So we're talking to Mike Giardi from uh, NFL Network. And Mike, and I thought that once the season officially ended, more players would start kind of, you know, coming clean, come clean as far as like how bad it was for the offense. Have you heard anything, seen anything that uh, there were, that would co-sign on that belief? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, nothing like, no shock and awe, if you will, but it's just sort of a continuation of and talking to players, just the theme that we we were talking about that people were like rolling their eyes at from all the way back in the spring. Like, oh, you guys don't know what you were talking about. It's Belichick. They have a plan. They'll get this done. And then the plan was crap and they didn't get it done. And I, I keep going back to the thing where forget about the guys on the team. To me, it's the guys that they play against or guys that used to be here that still talk to their old teammates and that, that they were hearing that from, from those guys back in the spring. Like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know how this is going to work. And then, oh, it's, remember how I told you I texted you it wasn't working? It's, it's not working. Like, we, we don't have answers for this. Um, so I think that just is kind of telling 
And then you consider that they ended up being, you know, essentially a 500 team. Well, if they had a competent uh, plan on offense, they're a playoff team, you know. So that was a blown opportunity, I think. And and I'm really curious to see. I mean, obviously hiring O'Brien is is was necessary and should help elevate the offense. At least you have now someone who who's done the job before, actually knows how to put together a plan on offense. But uh, you know, confidence was shaken in some players, and they're going to have to figure that thing out this uh, this off season and heading back into OTAs and training camp. So, so I'm assuming that, like, I guess is the general consensus that uh, Mac Jones just gets a mulligan, gets a pass. Like, because I feel like that's the other angle going around. Okay, now that Matt Patricia is out, now let's start fixing uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, no, I'm no question. I, I, you know, I tweeted yesterday. I talked to to someone who played against these guys and was like, you know, like we were impressed by him as a rookie. You know that he was he thought the game and saw the game differently than than other young quarterbacks do and that's sort of what his reputation was right and that's the thing that we sort of kept going back to last year like two years ago when when he was a rookie like man for 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 a young guy in this league there's a confidence in the pocket and an ability to process and use his mind and then this year you know what let's let's have less options let's give him less freedom let's let's take one of his uh his powers away in his brain and you know, just a disaster. So I think a lot of guys were surprised that um, that they would do something like that because, as we well know, the reputation of of Belichick and the coaching staff has long been, you know, wh- whoever's under the coaching staff is like, we'll find out what the guys do well. We're going to highlight those things and we're going we're gonna to hide or, you know, completely eliminate the things that that guy doesn't do well. And that was not the case. I mean, they, they took one of his superpowers away from him and it showed. I mean, it was a pretty miserable season. Mike Giardi of NFL Network here with Gresh and Fourier. You're out in Arizona. Are they dragging their feet and hiring a head coach? Or is there some sort of super secret edict? Hey, don't hire anybody, you know, unless it's like a bye week of the Super Bowl or whatever. What are you hearing, at least in, in terms of that situation out there, because you're in the belly of the beast? Yeah, so so Bidwell has been super involved with the NFL this week, you know, the owner for for Arizona and you know sort of being like the the MC of this uh, of the city and the and the state and the whole thing and I I think that's sort of partially um led to this thing getting dragged out a little bit. I also think they came to a couple of these guys late. I mean, Lou Anarumo is getting a second interview today, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals who by the way I think would be a fantastic hire. And it's shocking that this is the only team that decided to interview him, but like he's getting a second interview today and, and Mike Kafka's had a couple and, and Kafka appears to be the front runner, although, you know, we'll see what happens today. If maybe Luke can sway the sway the picture. But, and then I think on top of that too, it's like, it's Monty just getting in here. I think there's sort of, they were behind the eight ball on that too. So I think you're kind of, you know, what's our plan? How do we want to approach this? How, you know, what are we doing with Kyler? Cause obviously he's your quarterback, at least in the short term, you gave him that big contract. It's, you're not, you're not cutting bait now. So um, I think they're all mapping that out and it sort of led to this thing taking a little bit longer than, than probably people expected or wanted. So do you think the Patriots make any other moves? You're talking with coaching staff? Yeah, with coaching staff, you know, or I guess the better question would be Mike, where does uh, Matt Patricia land? Where does Joe Judge land? So, from all I can gather, Joe's still on the. He's going to be on the staff. Um, but at but what? I don't know. But at what capacity? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we know that role yet. I I know that there's, um, 
there's a de- there's a desire from some to keep him away from the quarterback. Uh, so okay. that would be that'd be, that'd be smart. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, so I don't know where he ends up. You know, I mean, because then you start you start looking at it going. Well, he had a crack at receivers one year. That didn't go all that great, um, you know, in his previous uh, stint with the Patriots. And obviously the quarterback thing didn't go well. I mean, the ideal place obviously would be to put him back in special teams where they've had problems and where he's well-known as being a really good coach. But I don't think that's the direction he wants to go. So it feels like they're still kind of figuring out the perfect slot there. As for Patricia, I mean, it's clear he's got a job if he wants it. But again, same thing, what's that job? Because now you're at the point where, well, you've hired an offensive line coach. You, you've, you're all set on the defensive side of the ball. You know, can you convince him to go back up into that sort of uh, front office hybrid role that he was doing? I don't know. I, I know that there's not a lot of uh, interest in him outside of New England. So if he's considering, you know, where he wants to land – I guess you got to look at Patriot friendly places. Maybe Arizona is a place where his relationship with Monty Austin Ford, the GM here, maybe, you know, whenever they bring on the staff, say, Hey, you know, come down here. You're still getting paid by the lions. So it's not like you're having to shell out money out of your coaching budget. And and maybe he can help sort of reinvent himself, but otherwise it's, you know, whatever they can find for him in new England is kind of the way it stands i think now i know in the news world if you ask a journalist an opinion question they get pucker butt like crazy and giardi you're kind of a reporter kind of kind of but do you have a pick for who is winning this game on sunday or are you are you not allowed i know i i will yeah i'm i'm leaning philadelphia um wow going up of a lot of people well, so my thing is, I think that their offensive and defensive lines are better than, and in some case, maybe superior to what the Chiefs are running out there. And I guess my only reticence of being like full on on that pick is just it's the Mahomes factor, right? Because this is Hurts' first chance at the Super Bowl. He hasn't had an awesome postseason because the shoulders bothering him. He's told us the shoulders bothering him, um, and then we saw Mahomes you know, on a, on one ankle still do Mahomes things. And now he's got two more weeks and he's feeling better. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be a hundred percent, but that that's, I guess my only reticence is that can Mahomes just do what he does. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, it's great that they have this, these advantages on the offensive and defensive lines, but if he's getting rid of the ball in two seconds and then, or he's extending a play, shaking out of a sack and, and hucking 150 yards down the field, then, you know, that's the, that I guess is the X factor. And that's what, when you have a, an elite quarterback like that, that's the, the, I guess that's the one thing that gives me pause. So, yeah. so game Sunday, you're flying back here. And then are you back out on the road for the combine? Do you get to stand yeah. around for yeah. the, yeah. Uh, yes, oh yes, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, boy. Standing around yes, watching, indeed. watching all those uh, photos when they do like the fat tests and stuff like that. <laughs> all hog watching. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, see now that, that's what you gotta go there. That's a, a typical Gresh low hanging fruit. No, <laughs> look at you. I would just say that he actually beat me to it. That's just I mean, you could make a joke out actually, of that too. It was just about to do yep. it. Also, he beat me. And, and to also, it. by the way, you know, like as a veteran of the combine, St. Elmo's is overrated. What do I want a cocktail sauce or the shrimp 
that like literally burns the crap out of your mouth. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like it's, it's like a, the only place to go. No, but it's a good. That's not true. Indianapolis was actually kind of sneaky, not bad for a Super Bowl. I'm a Giardi on this. Unless you're ribbing someone that you're working with, like when you know when Giardi worked at uh, NBC Sports Boston and he went around with the camera guys. Those guys eat anything. Put it in front of them. They'll suck it down and then sit there and laugh as they get all teary-eyed. That's great entertainment. But after you do it a couple of times, right, Giardi? Like, it kind of wears off after a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to taste the thing. And it's from cocktails good. A little, just a little horseradish. That's all you need. Not, not that that burning okay. the nostril air is out. Yeah, that that would not be good. You stand on a runny nose and be like, yeah. <laughs> At the combine, people think you're on coke or something like well, that. Well, uh, <laughs> well they hiss oh, well, thin. Well, they 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 so. I heard they were trying to get rid of the combine. D. Marie Smith doesn't want the combine anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck to him on that one. Thanks. I don't, I don't know how that's ever going to fly. But are you as behind? You well, but as you, you well know your union, Christian, does not. It sucks. Um, your union, like it. Yeah, they, it they get worked over. On the Every regular. single time. Every single listen, don't open that can of However, right Giardi, are really. you are you behind them in their fight to get rid of the combine because it's one less trip you'd have to make? Yeah, I don't actually object to that at all. Yep, I'm th- you know what, Christian? I'm throwing my support. Behind, I knew it. Behind D. Let's go, D. Let's get this done. Uh hey brother, travel safe. Thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. You've definitely been on the grind and uh we always love talking to you. Uh travel safe. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. Peace. There goes uh, Mike Giardi of NFL Network. He really is a wonderful guy, but he can take a joke, unlike a lot of unlike a lot of people. And they are in the world. Working. They are working. And listen, it's the Super Bowl. That guy, he's like, he's gonna come home and he ain't gonna wake up for like four days. Well, when is the combine? Is the combine next? Uh, week? It is the first weekend of March. Unfortunately, I'm um, not gonna be here with you. That's you're my only missing two days. I know, but it's for but it it starts That's on your... Thursday. I'll be here for that Thursday, but it really gets going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the combine. Yeah. I'll be in Vegas that weekend. Watching John Jones, hopefully not screw me out of uh, what what might be a good pay per view. Keep the if drugs away from him. Exactly right. Bring him into Vegas like day of. Yes, like an hour before the flight. Have yep. him warm up on a bus, please, dear Lord. Just don't <laughs> blow up that main event. Uh... Hey, the Super Bowl is this Sunday, and BetQL offers fans a chance to make smarter bets on the big game. BetQL's free three day trial. Users that sign up from Friday onwards will not be billed until after the Super Bowl. Now, you can find your opportunity with bets, best bets and pro betting trends, line movement, and more. Uh, with a three-day free trial, you can try out BetQL worry-free. Get the betting insight you need for the Super Bowl. A free three-day trial of BetQL. Visit BetQL.com to get started today. Our lunchtime parlay with no Super Bowl stuff in it is next. WEEI, WEEI, New England Sports Original. Now, more Crash and Fourier on WEEI. All right, here we go. It is time for the lunchtime parlay. And in the 1 o'clock hour, we are going to give you... All kinds of Super Bowl bets. We're going to go down the props at 120. We've got uh, a lot of those to kind of chew on a little bit. However, for the lunchtime parlay, uh, we got a four-legger for you, and it is all tied into the NBA. And I will lead the way and go first. 
The Miami Heat have not been uh, great at home against the spread this year. Um, the Rockets plus 12. There is something that I really like about Houston in this spot, and to me it's much more reflective about Miami. Bad team coming in, big number. wonder if Miami sits uh, a player or two. Give me the Houston Rockets plus the 12 in Miami tonight. Uh, Terp, you look ready. Why don't you go? Give me the Kings again. You're back to I the need, Kings on I the need money a win, line. So I'm going to go with the Kings. Uh, the Mavericks, uh, they're banged up right now. Luka Doncic might not play. And I don't think they're that good, even with the addition of Kyrie. So give me the Kings. Uh, Billy, what do you have, Ben? I'm going with the Celtics tonight. I'm taking the Celtics to cover 10 and a half points. Woo! 10 and a half Over the Charlotte Hornets. That, that injury man. list. Did you see the injury list? I did list see the injury man. list. Wow. Man. Oh, it's Billy. confidence. Showing right. faith in the Ooh. green. See, points. Let's Vic, see it. Victim of the moment with that Philly well, win. There it is. You know, uh, a part of the pr- – uh, really, if and if you wanted to go, the, because the number is so big, uh, I'm just doing a quick uh, Celtics money line check. Yeah, Celtics are minus 550 on the money line tonight. So money line isn't even considered. So lay the uh, 10 and a half with the Celtics. Oh, yeah, you got an NBA pick for us? Yes, I do. The Cavs uh, traveling to Nolens uh, to take on the Pelicans. I'm going to take the Cavs minus three. New Orleans uh, has been sputtering, they man. They have, and the yeah. Cavs, think about this. They rested, the Cavs rested Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell on Wednesdays. Went over the Pistons, so they're going to be playing. So, you know, okay, listen, how insulted are we that you have us minus three? I like it. Cavs minus three. Kings on the money line. Celtics laying the number. And the Rockets plus 12 at Miami. Your $10, ladies and gentlemen, will win you $115.80. There we go, baby. How about that? So one fifteen eighty. You can follow us on Twitter, Gresh Fourier W E E I, and we'll have those picks up there for you. Follow us on Twitter. Malcolm Butler will join us in ten minutes. Let's slide in a Super Bowl call here. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Jay in North Carolina talking Super Bowl aggression. Fourier, hello, Jay. Hey, how you how you doing, guys? Doing? What's up? Look, uh, I'm going to encapsulate the game briefly. It's going to be finesse against power. Finesse with Patrick Mahomes, power with Jalen Hurts. Final score, 37-13 Eagles. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, All right. There's a big prediction there. What do you make of the whole power versus finesse? I know that Philly likes to run the ball, but it isn't – Power football all the time. I mean, the O-line, again, those guys are really good up front for Philadelphia. They're great at setting the pads. They are great in the run game. But are they like a power running team, would you say, Philadelphia? I Well, I mean, okay, so when you say power, I think of, okay, uh, extra tight end. Uh, just hardcore, double team here. Two tight Kick end. this guy Put out. the fullback. Yeah, yeah that's... Yep. I think Corey Dillon. I think uh, there you, you know. I thought I think a fullback in the backfield. Well, that's think what I think of power football. Tennessee with uh, that's power right. football to me. And it's funny these RPO teams they don't get credit for being power running teams. Yet they are. I, mean, I was just watching some stuff just today about how uh, how Jason Kelsey is pulling it and you know, sealing the edge. So he's not literally like knocking a, the guy off the ball. 
like the defense is looking in the backfield and Jason Kelsey is the beneficiary of a little bit of eye candy, mm-hmm. right? So he gets the easy like little like wall block. He doesn't destroy the guy, but he seals them and the guy can't make an arm tackle and the gets back in the way. Skirts right through. Yeah, so it's like it's what plus, you said plus. you used to do. You get yes. in the way. That's just really that's it. You were that, he's a pro back. So good luck even if he's undrafted tackling with with your hands. It doesn't work. Um but you know it is when I think power like they're gonna run it so yeah. so forget about power but it's not Jamal Lewis Baltimore no. in the Super Bowl no, from a bunch totally of from twenty years ago lots of angle blocks lots of like uh, you know uh, you're really trying to get to the edge in a lot of ways and I know that they've done a good job of running up the middle but if the quarterback Jalen Hurts is a part of this run game then getting to the edge is going to become a factor because yeah. that, to me, is really where the quarterback can kill you. Yeah, and we th- we talked about this. We nerded out a little bit yesterday when we talked about just the RPO and all the different options. And, hey, if I'm a defender, I go, okay, RPO, I got this, I got that. What if it's just a straight counter? What if it's just a straight toss left? And you're like, you're waiting for all these different variables. You're trying to anticipate all the different reads that the quarterback's going to make. Mm-hmm. And then, sure as hell, they just toss it to the left. They toss it to the right. And then there goes the edge, and there goes the positive play. So, um, so fine. If you want to call it power, that's fine. I don't think of them as a power-running team. You know, Well, I do think that, uh, and again, people don't like to talk about it, but Lines of scrimmage is really where it's at. Hassan yes. Reddick and Chris Jones, can they dominate? And which O-line plays better? There's pro bowlers on both, both offensive sides. lines. Up so down. it's really going to be, uh, you know, I don't want to say survive. It's who can thrive. They might not dominate, but which offensive line has the ability to thrive in that setting? We head to the noontime hour where Malcolm Butler is scheduled to join us next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 